0: Uh, I went to the hospital with my wife. Uh, Jammer was born in like 15 minutes. He was in and out. Mm-hmm. And then right after he was born, it was like, all right, babe, I got to go back to work. <sighs> and my son is 30 minutes old and I got to go back to work. Do the dumb team.
1: We're gonna do the dumb team. Here we are, Shabbat, bruh. (laughs) Episode eleven, the Entertain Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Thomas, and with me today, we've got the other half of one of my longest friendships ever, United States Air Force, Charles Richardson. A very long way from Airman Richardson what's your official what's your official rank today present day today i am master sergeant i like that intro i'm honored Woo! master sergeant okay master sergeant richardson and you're currently in what part of the world if you feel like i am you're?
0: currently all the way in masawa japan yes masawa is not a common city in japan it is in the northern part of the main island northern part
1: of the main island i love it it's beautiful It is beautiful. I can attest to this because I have been there. Facts. This was the very first time I ever traveled outside of the United States, and the sole purpose of travel was to see Chug B. Yo,
0: I was looking at old pictures the other day, man. Your hair was nuts. (laughs) It was kind of gross. I know it, I know (laughs) it. Hey, but uh,
1: it it worked for for that celebrity factor out there. Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the timing of it being yeah. just just a, a couple weeks after Michael Jackson uh, passed away, and my hair in Japan, especially, very much resembled a a Michael Jackson esque mm-hmm. hairstyle. So that was my first that was my first international trip. Actually, it was to go to see you. We've been friends since I don't know what, like 95, 96, 1997? Uh, if you
0: want to get technical, I would say that we probably met in ninety five. Mm-hmm. And I think that we became close in like 97, 98.
1: Right. Okay. That sounds about right. And, and we met obviously through sports. I mean, we played baseball, basketball, football, went to school together. We made horrible beats on Fruity Loops. Oh, man. If I could find those.
0: <laughs> if I could you, find those somewhere.
1: You, you still got MySpace?
0: <laughs> yeah. No. So I. that's where I was looking at the old pictures was MySpace And uh, that music, that music won't play. I don't know why.
1: Really? Okay, I won't play. Yeah, that's from like Web 1.0. Yeah. (laughs) So we've been friends for ages. Uh, That was my first trip internationally was to Japan to see you because you went from high school straight into the military, straight into the United States Air Force. Yep. Although, actually, let's back that up for a second. You were set to go into the Army, just like both of our parents were.
0: Ooh, yes. In the
1: Army. And everything
0: was signed, sealed, delivered, ready to roll
1: into the United States Army. And
0: then what happens? So I was supposed to go to basic training in between my junior and senior year. And uh, a week before I was supposed to go to basic training, we had spring football camp. And, man, some somebody speared me in the backfield. I went to get a handoff as a running back. Uh, I got speared, and it knocked the wind out of me, and the wind did not come back. <laughs> uh, long story short, my spleen ruptured into six pieces, and I was discharged from the Army before I even joined.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a failure. What an absolute failure.
0: Blessing in disguise, though.
1: <laughs> for sure. For sure. I remember that. I still, to this day, so that that was the thing ruptured spleen although i feel like a rupture is a very gentle way of putting what happened to your spleen because i still remember at the hospital when when the surgeon explained what happened to your spleen and it was like an explosion it was six pieces six different
0: pieces of spleen a rupture a rupture is like like a slight tear it's
1: like oh, a pimple popped. Like yeah. dang, you got a hole and some juices came out and everything. But this was a full
0: on yeah yeah. This, this was time. like Mount St. Helens. So doctor told me I wouldn't play sports again. I almost bled to death. Yeah, it was nasty.
1: Exactly. Yeah, because you didn't even go to the hospital right near the game. You y'all drove all the way all the yeah. way back home. You were just having pains, kind of trying to tough it out. Being one of the toughest dudes that I knew, especially in especially in football. And then eventually it was like we got to get this dude. Mm -hmm. We got to get them to the ER. And thankfully, they did, because your ass would have died. So then army is out. Army is out. So then you go straight from high school into the United States Air Force. And your first station, permanent party, permanent station,
0: Mm -hmm. Misawa, Japan. Mm -hmm. All the way back in 2007. Whew. Oh so my that, goodness!
1: That was I remember when you. I remember when you got the orders. I remember when uh, me, you, and Greg, when we were hanging out in the garage, and we were we were talking about you guys as you know basic and all these things. I remember all these different levels of the process and everything. Yeah, yeah. But I never really processed what it would be like to to do what we've successfully done over the years. But made a vow at that time that wherever you got stationed. I would come visit every single station you were at,
0: no matter where it was in the world. <laughs> the only person other than my mother and my sister. So, man, it just it speaks volumes to our friendship, man.
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I still remember that trip. Honestly, that, that trip to Japan not only ignited, obviously, more in our friendship, but for myself, on an individual level, it hit so many things that would later on become... Uh, major parts of my life from language where I got stuck in the airport mm. in, in Tokyo overnight. Couldn't speak any <laughs> any else of Japanese. I didn't <laughs> I didn't even know I needed a passport until just a couple weeks before. I was clueless on travel. We were children. We were, we were children for yeah. sure. <laughs> and then got stuck in the airport. First real experience learning another language and actually interacting. Um you know, in a, in a way, in a situation where the setting was a, a forced setting, it wasn't like, oh, hey, so-and-so around here speaks another language, let's do it, and you can get by. It was, no, genuinely, you are in a, a different land, and everything here is different, but also works either as good or better. They're just, just very different, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, in a lot of ways, because you joined the Air Force, a lot of my current passions in life are alive because of that. This is how we're all connected, I swear.
0: Wow. I like it's, you looking things, man. Super it deep.
1: It's deep, but it's true. It's true. Even like, yeah. you know, when I when I talk about my love for the military, I never joined the military, but damn near every single one of our friends growing up, damn near every one of them joined straight from high school, right? Yeah. Yep. And I never joined, and I still to this day would not have the life that I have and the experiences that I've had without the United States military. Not only because of obvious obvious reasons, you know, the old you know keeping our freedoms free and all this right, stuff. Right, right, right. But genuinely stuff. Yeah, all the clichés that but genuinely both my parents being in the military kind of saved them from really different rough lives that they had, you know, single mother upbringing, rough this, rough yep. that, and the military yep. provided a lot of stuff. A lot of benefits like uh part of my education, you know, with with parents uh in the military and and VA benefits there. You yourself straight into the Air Force. A lot of people do this, but they don't pursue education after that. But you're different.
0: Mm, No, I would not say that I'm different. Uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head that um, a lot of people say they join the military because of the education benefits and then don't go to school. And I was absolutely that guy. Uh, I, I have two associate's degrees and I'm halfway, actually I'm well over halfway through my bachelor's degree. I didn't start until 10 years later, bro. I got my associate's. Degree. It took me 10 years to get my associate's degree. Damn. So, no, I right now, yes, 10 years later, uh balls deep in school, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But now, dude, when I joined, no, no school. No school. At I it, all. Was, it was it was chasing girls and, and partying. Yeah.
1: Partying, like partying in Rapungi, Tokyo together.
0: Yeah, man, just going to random <laughs> bars in deep, deep Tokyo.
1: Yeah. Where we're out there, we found ourselves there on 4th of July, and this was one of the most uh, kind of eye-opening experiences of my life because 4th of July, to me, has always been fireworks. It's always represented that. Mm-hmm. And, and we're in Tokyo, 4th of July, and we make our way up to the rooftop of a random building. I don't even remember how we got up to it. And somehow... We, I had the full expectations that we were going up there and we were going to see fireworks from one of the most amazing views that I've ever seen in my life, but there were no fireworks.
0: Well, yeah, that's you. You think that <laughs> July Fourth is so big for us, you can't go anywhere in the country without seeing fireworks on Fourth of July. It, exactly. So you think something with that magnitude is going to be practiced all over the world? All and over the not. world? No, it's not. Yeah. and
1: and and that was that was a, a very eye opening experience too. It was like, man. Fourth of July, the American Independence. I it, I it never clicked for me. I never had these educational associations of like we're, yeah.
0: we're, we're America. Everybody loves us, right? Exactly. Of course they're going to celebrate Fourth of July.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That that was my naive, super naive, and that was hilarious when we got up to the rooftop. We're looking around and we look at each other like,
0: oh, nothing, man. We would We were on several rooftops. Yeah, that weekend.
1: Yeah, hunting fireworks. So. <laughs> So now and now you're getting the education Uh, Mm -hmm. for a while for a while you did it. Why? Why now? And and what is this spark? I mean, I know you've you've had a lot of leadership position, a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. Talk to us a little bit about your leadership roles, how that feeds into the education pursuit now, 10 years later
0: into your career. So I'll start with the education piece. So there's a couple of things that factor into why I'm deep in education now. So over the years, I've seen a lot of older military members that are close to retirement that spent 20 plus years not going to school. And now they're taking three, four classes at a time, all while working full time. And they are busting their ass to get this degree before they retire. Mm -hmm. And it's always been a goal of mine to get a degree. But it's like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm at four years in. I'll wait. I'm Mm -hmm. at eight years in. I'll wait. I got time. I'm at 10 years in. I'll wait. But then as I keep seeing these people rush, I'm like, yo, I, I can't do that. That cannot be me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what sparked it. Um, another thing that I, uh, I guess is more of an excuse, but I spent a lot of time not going to school because I didn't know what I wanted to pursue. Mm. So because of my military background being in the logistics, I have an easy route to a logistics degree. I don't have a passion in logistics. Right. So why would I pursue something I don't have a passion in? Good question. Um, So I was a drill sergeant in San Antonio, Texas, which afforded me the opportunity to gain a associate's degree in education and training. Uh, I love to educate. Mm -hmm. I love to lead. And that degree uh, opened a window for me to, to pursue a leadership degree. So that's what I'm looking at right now is a leadership degree in uh through Trident University. And I'm super excited about it.
1: Yeah, man, that's dope. That, okay. There so there's there's a lot here. Yep. <clears throat> and I, and I, I do want to there obviously there's things that, that you and I talk about that plenty of stuff interests me, but I I'm going to do my best to also dig into things that I hope folks would also find interesting, not just, you know, what I know about you and connecting For sure. all this stuff, right? So you were a drill sergeant. Yep. Major Willowfoot Benson. Pain. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't just a drill sergeant, though. You made your way up to what... I mean, what? Like the CEO of drill sergeants. You were like, no,
0: no, no, no. So I'll, I'll be, I'm going to be super humble. Uh, my troops make fun of me because uh, they're like, oh, Sergeant Richardson, he was the best MTI of all time. Uh, I'm like, yeah. no, stop it. Uh, so stop, you know, stop, stop. Place- Keep
1: it co- Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Stop it. Stop it.
0: So, in a uh, in an environment where there's, there's 500 MTIs, you know, you got 200 of them that are, you know, pushing flights and training trainees, and you got another 200 that are, teaching classes and, and running the secure the, uh, the, the war exercises. And then you got another 80 that are doing like schoolhouse things. And then you've got six, there are six MTI, MTIs drill sergeant, by the way, you got six that are running protocol or, uh, what they call it drill and ceremonies. So every Friday, the graduation parade that happens, there are six MTIs that run that whole thing and make the whole thing happen. And it's a very prestigious job. And that's, that's the level that I was able to obtain very, very proud of that man it was a lot of fun, too.
1: Now, how does a guy like you ruptured spleen and all how do you go from getting kicked out of the army before you even get a chance to step foot in a pair of boots to being the biggest host of a weekly party? I mean, this is like having a, a stint in Vegas. You were like Penn and Teller for a while of the US Air Force. How does this happen? I mean, 500 and you were one of six. How in the world do you, how do you get to that point? What is it that, that allowed you, afforded you? What, what was different about you or, or how you think or how you operated? Or was it a coin toss drawing, drawing straws?
0: <laughs> Yo, part of it was a coin toss, man. Uh, but that's, I think me calling it a coin toss is just adding to just adds a little bit of humility, I guess. Uh, Cause I'm not one to really toot my own horn mm-hmm. and my troops will tell you otherwise, but uh, <laughs> man, like I'm just, it just, I want to say it's my personality. It was my passion. Uh, a lot of dedication, man. It was a lot of dedication and a lot of passion because I'm, I'm a hard worker, but I'm only going to hard, I'm only going to work hard for the stuff that I want to work hard for. Right. And uh, that was something that I just wanted, man. I wanted, I wanted to be the top. I was finally doing something that uh I loved, I was making a difference, and I wanted to do it at the highest level.
1: Right. If you were to guess, how many individuals in our military were you directly or indirectly responsible for? How 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 long were you a leader, a drill sergeant, an MTI at whatever level that you? How many how many American servicemen right, and women? That's
0: that's a big number, man. So think about yeah. this. I did it for uh, four years, mm-hmm. and the first two years. It, you know, give or take, every eight weeks was a brand new set of fifty to hundred eyes that were directly relying on me and my partners mm-hmm. to uh you know start a, a career, a profession, a livelihood. So damn dude, do the math. So yeah. two years, two years every eight weeks, hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next two years, uh, I was touching every single graduating class every week, which was about a 3,000 every week. So yeah, man,
1: that was, that's steep. That's, that's a lot of lives changed. So it's a big number. So how many, how many did you mess up on?
0: Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So keep it
1: real, keep it real.
0: uh, Plenty, plenty. But, um, man, I tell you what, my very first flight of trainees, Mm -hmm. Me and my, shout out to Sergeant Bowman, a really good friend of mine. He was uh, the first MTI that I pushed a flight with. Mm-hmm. And man, this flight of females have got to be the worst group of airmen in the airport right now. <laughs>
1: because of you. Because, <laughs> because of Because of, of us, man.
0: <laughs> because of us. So we got right to, soon as soon as we were done with our, our drill sergeant school, uh, we went to our new squadron and our boss, who was supposed to like take us under his wing mm-hmm. and help us out, he took leave. <laughs> so we are kind of just out to fend for ourselves man <laughs> clueless blind leading the blind and uh yeah those girls i've ran into some of those girls in uh you know later down the road and they're i think i think they're doing okay <laughs> i think they're they're alive at that's least. hopeful that's optimistic yeah. oh man
1: <laughs> so hold on you the the person that's your first go and the person that's supposed to show you the ropes is on leave
0: Yes, he. So he he went on leave and put somebody else. Like, hey, you, Sergeant So and So, you look after these guys. Get them squared and, away. And they did not <laughs> at all. <laughs> all
1: right, everybody on the line. We're gonna learn ho- hopscotch to defend the country. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I right, got you. All right. So you you led you you led thousands upon thousands of, upon thousands of people, and you're also a father and husband. Yep. To put all of this into perspective, you were working your, your MTI days, you were working like 18 hour days. Is that, is that yeah. About right?
0: Yeah. So we worked a lot of 18 hour days. It was very busy, uh, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like 70, seven days straight, 18 hours. Were there weeks like that? Absolutely. But it wasn't like that for four years.
1: Right. Okay. What would you say the average day was roughly,
0: uh, in terms of hours? So yeah. it depends, right? Because, uh, I'll let, I'll let viewers and listeners do their own googling but there was a big scandal that happened in 2011 2012 mm-hmm. and uh and BMT basic training in the Air Force and where there was roughly 30 of the 500 MTIs were doing some pretty nasty wrongdoings and instead of instead of taking care of those 30 MTIs you know Congress decided to take a sledgehammer to our entire process mm. so with our manning they went from letting us work as many hours as necessary to telling us like, Hey, you cannot work more than 10 hours in a day. Oh, wow. And it was like, okay, great. But are you going to give us the manning for this? Right. So, you know, we have these kids that get straight off the bus, right into basic training. We've got all these intricate processes that we need to have them learn. But after 10 hours, we're no longer there to watch them. So that happened about, about a year and a half in. Yeah. Uh, so the first year and a half, yeah, we were working eighteen hours uh, for at least the first three or four weeks of our flights. Then after that, we were working maybe twelve to fourteen hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, every eighty-eight eight weeks, we we're talking like three days off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It so, was nasty.
1: so fa- <laughs> father. By knows- the way,
0: by the way, that was chosen. We were not mandatory. It wasn't like these are your hours. You are going to work four a.m. To 10 p.m. Those were not our given hours. It was a chosen task, right? Because it's what needed to get done,
1: right? So you're working all of this. You're you're a father. You're a husband. How, as a family man, because I I think you have a, a pretty kick-ass family. They're all right. They're all right. They're all right. <laughs> <laughs> so how how do you manage this? I mean, what's what's the dynamic? What do you work on relationally that you could say? You know what? I'm gonna go bust my ass for this thing and give my myself to this cause of whatever it is that does take you away from the family, but still build a strong
0: family. What, what? I I was not a good family man during those years. I'm gonna be straight up. Damn. I was not. No. Um, so my first son. So my I have a 11 year old son, and we got to Texas. He was like four or five, mm-hmm. and You know, I've seen videos on social media and just remembering my energy with him when he was younger and all the all the things we used to do together. And then we get to Texas and my way of playing with him is when I get home from work, I'm laying straight down on the floor, face down, and he's just jumping all over me while I'm sleeping. Like that was that was our bonding time. And it was very unhealthy. Yeah. And then my second son was born. Uh, oh, man. So my my middle son, Jammer, he was born. Uh, I went to the hospital with my wife. Uh, Jammer was born in like 15 minutes. He was in and out. Mm-hmm. And then right after he was born, it was like, all right, babe, I got to go back to work. <sighs> and my son is 30 minutes old, and I got to go back to work. So... Yeah, I packed Chucky up. Chucky actually went to work with me. Um, I I was I had to do some some evaluations. So we had to do this evaluation where uh it's a fire alarm, right? It's just a fire drill. Yeah. So I go to I go to a dorm and uh, I tell the the basic trainees, hey, exercise, as in like not real practice, right. I smell smoke. Yeah. And then they have all these procedures they have to go to to get everybody out. Right. But for this specific one, Uh, because my middle son had been born and I had my oldest with me. I was like, Hey, there's a five-year-old in the dorm. Ignore him. I smell smoke. And just to see the, uh, the stress levels on these kids just go up. Like, cause we, you know, we, we give them all these crazy scenarios. Uh, and we're like, no matter what, get everybody out. Right. But then I tell them, Hey, by the way, ignore the five-year-old. Right. It's just, they're, they're going nuts. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, that was that was my time, man, in Texas. Uh, like I said, it was not a good family, man. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it wasn't until about a year ago that I needed to uh, shift my priorities a bit,
1: because yeah. they've
0: been chasing me around, man. Yeah, they've been chasing my my career and my goal as my uh, professional aspirations. Yeah, and it's time for me to uh, turn the dial over to them a little bit more now.
1: I love that shit, dude. You, first of all, you know how many people would, if they had the exact same path as you, would never admit that, let alone admit it and then make the shift. Do something about it. Yeah, ad- admit yeah. it and then go, okay, this needs to change. I need to be better for my family and then actually implement that change. That's huge, you know?
0: Dude, one day I'm going to take this uniform off, man. And I've seen it a thousand times. Like When people take the uniform off, nobody hits them up. Nobody's worried about them anymore. Like, they're in retirement. Forget about them. Right. Uh, But my family ain't going nowhere. Yeah,
1: that's real. I can imagine that looking back at, you know, seeing the videos at Younger and then seeing that shift, that transition of, like, man, I was just his trampoline. Like That was it. You know, that was bonding, so to speak. So let's – I want to shift a little bit here. I have episode five of the Entertain podcast. This is one I – I had uh, two of my best friends. I had Anthony Francisco. I had Ramsey Hamity, musician Anthony, and uh, attorney Ramsey. Mm-hmm. So we, we chatted in a lot sauna about- listening to that one. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Continue. Solid. I hope it was a good listen for a sauna session. So we talked a lot about friendship, about how to keep friendship strong from a distance because we've we have built, and I was talking to you a little bit before we started the mm-hmm. podcast today about- the mastermind that that we've had going for a few yeah, months and yeah. everything that's been a huge contributor as well. But they in my life are relatively what I call neo friends, right? Your new friends, your newer friends. These are the ones that you find in this current chapter, so to speak, of where you are in life. Similar interests, similar things like that, and yeah, yeah. So so it just works. You're you're getting with people that you want to spend time with, not like oh I, you know I've known them for so long and it's kind of weird or we kind of aren't vibing really, but I want Mm. to try to make this work because of the time we have, right? The history. Yeah. So you and I, we're, we're what I call classic friends, right? You got the Neo friends, the newer ones, and then you got classic friends, classic. Like it's a throwback. We've just, I mean, why do people wear Chuck T's when really there's no support? There's no cushion. There's no, you know, it's just, it's a classic, right? So you and I, We've been friends for since the mid nineties for a long time, a lot of, Mm -hmm. I mean, different life paths, a lot of different interests and everything like this. You know, I want to get your perspective on why do you think we've been able to stay as close as we have through the history of our lives as classic friends?
0: So I'm a, uh, obviously, right. We've, we've all had, we both had hundreds of friends, you know, come and go. Right. Right. And on top of that, I'm also a believer in, when it comes to relationships, strength over length. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, there's always, I do, I think it's just chemistry, man. Yeah, I really it's chemistry and chemistry is, is natural. Yeah. Like chemistry is not anything that I don't think you have. I mean, yeah. I mean, depending on the situation, you can work on it, but a lot of chemistry is natural and, and, and I think we have a natural chemistry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I could rock with that. I think I think not everybody has that. Not that's, everybody has that. That's very true. Go talk
0: to some of your friends from the mid nineties, early two thousands and see if that, you know, chemistry is still there.
1: That's real. That's it's very hot. real. Yeah. So how do you, how do you determine then? Right. There's, there's folks that want to keep friendships that, you know, whether the friendship right now is struggling with an old friend, you know, I have people that have reached out to me, you know, over the, over the years that are just like, man, you know, I, this friend is just like this, like this, like this. And, what do I do? You know, I, I, I just, it's kind of killing them, whatever. What what do you say to people that have a struggling friendship right now that they've been friends with for 10, 20, 30 years, but it's struggling now? What, what do you say?
0: I think you as an individual need to look in the mirror and decide if this is something that you want to continue. It's something I've struggled with, man. Uh, I've actually cut off a few relationships recently Uh, and I'm, I'm so nice, man. I'm such a, I'm such a people person. I'm a nice guy that I have, uh, struggled being mean and doing things like that. Yeah. But yeah, I've actually cut off, uh, a couple of races recently, um, that I just realized weren't doing me any good. Yeah. There was no, there was no benefit. I feel like, uh, it was kind of just a waste of time.
1: Yeah. But is that, I mean, is that, is that. Is that just the modern day trying to, to come up in the world? What can you do for me? You know, where people say the first question people ask when they're out and about is what do you do? Right. What do you do to figure out or the first thing people look at on you know social media? Oh, you have so many followers. You could do something for me to make me more whatever. Is that what that is or is this coming from a different place that you're like, no, genuinely, what do you provide me in my life that makes sense for us to
0: keep this alive, for me to keep this alive? So for one specific instance that I'm kind of referring to, it was I was doing all the all the providing. Mm-hmm. So it was like you know what when you talk about you know what what do you provide to this relationship? And yeah, I was getting zero out of this person. Yeah, but I was I was somehow the the crutch on this relationship. Like it and so to be more specific, without dropping names,
1: just just name them and we'll leave their at. Can you drop their handle here as well? <laughs> 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 no i'm just kidding i'm just so I, I was i'm just goofing, just the, the, goofing.
0: We, we won't do that uh no because i, I do not. have a definitely lot not. of love for this person yeah but uh i was i was deployed man yeah uh, i was in the middle east and my wife was pregnant with my third son mm-hmm. uh, i missed that birth mm-hmm. and this person gave me a phone call which i appreciate this person always reaching out to me and uh Knew exactly what I was going through, but wanted to speak about irrelevant stuff. I don't know how to. I don't want to be specific, man. I,
1: I got you. I I, I got yeah. what you're saying. So essentially, you just evaluated the friendship. You saw. You, you just did a little accounting. Okay, what yeah. have what, what have yeah. I been bringing to this? What have they been bringing to this? And then you just had a tipping point. That was, it was yeah,
0: it, that was that was the final straw. Tipping right. Point, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, I got you. I, I'm actually oddly enough i think there's this weird thing so with with you with ramsey with aunt there's this thing my boy christian same thing for whatever reason there's this connectivity with us where i feel like we go through similar things at similar times whether we know it or not and i'm exactly in the same space that you are right now with an, an old friend and i'm just like you know what i honestly i had to i had to Measure this up recently, and Jeanette was just like, you know, what's going on? Let let let's talk about this, you know. So yeah. we so we did, and I had to keep it real. That's one of the biggest things that I'm always talking about. Which again, I, like, I admire you bringing it up. Yo, I wasn't a good family man at this chapter, right? No. So
0: really so,
1: so so I had to keep it real with myself. What is this person providing? You know, and and what does that look like in comparison to what I'm providing? Because if I'm if I'm the one lacking, I need to be checked for that too. You know, mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. I need to be held accountable for my portion of this stuff. So looking at this stuff, it, it, same thing. So I'm, I'm with you there. So folks that are going through this right now with an old friend, I, the one thing that I would say is, well, first of all, I love that you said strength over length, Yep, which is big. Yep. The one thing that I would say is the, the pain that you might feel in addressing something in an honest way, in the real way, and putting everything on the table, the reality, a real assessment, that can still be present when you make the right decision. You might do the right thing, and it might hurt emotionally a lot. You might know, damn, I got to cut this person off. And you might know that clearly, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to suck. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be painful. That's not going to mean you're not going to feel that that longing of some level right i mean we're humans yeah. we have we have a connection we have a history we have all these things that we we would miss so that would be my advice to to folks going through a similar struggle with with friendships or relationships present day anything like that
0: yeah i mean it's it's kind of like the 80 20 rule right so like if your relationship is 80 percent wasting time and 20 percent of that relationship <coughs> you're gaining something it, ultimately, it's a waste of time. So when you when you decide to, to uh, cut off that relationship, of course, you're going to miss that 20%. Yeah, but you're gaining that 80% If you need to remember.
1: That's a fact. So you and I have very different interests in, in a lot of different ways, right? You with the I mean, the first things that come to mind when we first hopped on here, TVs.
0: yeah you you
1: have a fascination with with televisions no but realistically um sneakers for you right you love you love kicks facts been a sneak been a sneaker head as long as far back as i can remember Mm -hmm. i have been as long as i can remember pretty much the exact opposite which is odd because professionally i i model Right. You know, and, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so seemingly I would be very interested in, in clothing and, and shoes and, and attire, which I'm trying to be better at developing or at least paying attention to, if it's not a, a an interest a passion, I want to, I want to at least be better at learning along so the way instead of, let just me ignoring.
0: ask, let me ask you. Yes. Would you say as a model, would you say that you are, um, into fashion? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Mm. <laughs> So, what is it about modeling that you like are uh interested in like why Why do you enjoy that oh that's a good question that's
1: a good that's a really good qu- and relevant because I, you know right model
0: now. you think about other than other than being pretty mm-hmm. uh it's it's fashion mm-hmm. you know it's it's sneakers kind of like what, what, what yeah. is it that you enjoy
1: that's okay so this is a good time to make a distinction so when i first started modeling somebody Came up to me, hey, and they themselves. She she was a model. This was at the gym, and just kind of an interaction where she was trying to be encouraging, like, hey, you know, I've seen you doing these workouts. You know, you've been here, you know, time to time. You should have you thought about modeling? Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like runways, like Tyra Banks, those fashion shows, and I was like, hell no, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not. Yeah, and she's like, no, 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 no. There's Like fitness modeling, there's sports modeling. Have you thought about that? And it never clicked for me until that moment where I go, you know, every single advertisement that I've ever seen, all the sports that you and I played, Chuck, growing up, Mm -hmm. every time we went to whether it was a big five or Walmart or sports authority, anywhere, there's always big photos of action and movement and all that. That's what that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. And I realized like, all of these different things that I've done over my whole life where I've been a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm-hmm. it all came together wow, this is what it was for. <laughs> this is what I've it's been cultivating this whole time and here's what it is. it's the perfect out. So what I love about modeling, particularly how I approach modeling is that I get a chance to not only perform a lot of different performative things, that, mm-hmm. that keep my interest because I've never really been the, oh, this is the one thing that I do and that's just it. That's my passion. That's what I focus on 100%. I've always juggled a ton of different things. Yep. yep. So so it, fe- it feeds that desire for me. It's also a beautiful thing for me to be able to take somebody I, I'm not an artist in the sense of, of sculpting. Chuck, you mm-hmm. remember, you remember me in pottery in high school. <laughs> All right. So I'm not a sculptor. I'm not a painter drawing. none. I've, I've never been good at or even remotely close to good at any of those. And I've also never given the time to them that it would take for me to get good modeling slash acting. This is my art. This is where I get to take somebody else's or my own ideas and I get to make the creation that when somebody else looks at the thing, they feel what we were hoping for them to feel. So you have a brand, you have these products that you really believe are going to help people, but you are terrible at getting the message across to the people that why or how these will help. That's where I come in. I get to come in and, and you know figure out what is it that you're trying to capture here? and then i get to throw my kind of spin my my perspective on it and work with production to where i say you know i see what you guys are talking about but i think it might be a little bit better this way we get to play with it create it capture it and then it just turns out to be some shit that we we love a lot of times it's not though a lot i mean working up to where i'm at now i mean i've been at this for over 7 years yeah. a lot of times it is it's terrible <laughs> i have some i have so much stuff that is just like what were you thinking <laughs>
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm glad you went that deep into it because I I don't think anybody ever thinks of of modeling as uh anything like that. I like that you yeah. said um it helps you juggle all of that. Yeah. Because it's a lot of a lot of your interests kind of into yeah. into one that involved one I like that.
1: Yeah, so think about for when you're talking to earlier about figuring out what to study in college, right? To to get your degrees and everything. Yep. You're, a while, you you said, I just didn't really know what to do. So for me, my whole life, I've been pretty good at if I have any level of interest at something, I'm going to try it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, the most random of things, it doesn't matter. I've never had that fear of, of criticism that would stop me from trying to do a new thing. Right. I've, I'll go out and wear the most crazy shit like doesn't matter. I'll, I'll go out and say and act and do whatever I, pranks, whatever, just complete foolery. So it's never been a a setback or a whole like kind of a holding mechanism for me to go, "Oh man, I would like to try that, but I'm not going to." I've always tried all kinds of different shit. Yep. This is this is the thing where it came together for me where I go, "Wow, this is where it finally all those years in college when I was studying this this shit that I was like, "Why am I even in here?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all all those years in this sport and that sport, it all started to come together that I can go, "Okay, I can use what I learned through college to actually pick this world apart." to be more effective at it and to, and to get more efficient at getting farther along and understanding the processes. And to be real with you, my whole modeling career, I, one of the key foundations for me was I'm going to do this and I'm going to pay attention to every single photographer, the settings that they shoot and the angles and the lighting and all that stuff. I've had one of the highest paying educations of photography and, uh, anything that's creating advertisements of anybody. Cause I've been not just a yeah. fly on the wall. I've been the fly in the center of the room that I haven't paid
0: for none of it. I haven't
1: paid for Gotten paid oh, to do man, it. That's, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I like that a lot.
1: So that's where, yeah, there's a lot that I've learned that, that hopefully, you know, will we'll continue to serve people as things go.
0: That's good, man. That's, uh, I think that you found a learning opportunity, which people don't often go looking for. True. So I, I like that. That's, that's very, um, it's very grown up of you. Oh, so I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was trying. I asked you about your uh, modeling, uh, gig, oh. trying to find a tie to sneakers. <laughs> I didn't find one.
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally of anybody that I've ever met through modeling or acting. I, I'm one of, if not the bottom of the barrel, for who's interested in clothing, sneakers. Mm-hmm. Anything like that, I I very much don't think any of that matters, but it also matters very much. It just depends on what you what you use it for, how you use it. And I actually love I I love and I've always loved your 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 vision around sneakers and even, you know, I think it was. St. Louis, where I rode with you for a, a little little sneaker swap, a little pickup that you, some hookup that was like straight up drug dealing out the trunk. It was like, oh man, you got the nines. All right, bet. Oh, these are mint. Oh, these are freshies. And I don't even know. I don't know Jordans. I don't know, you know, sneak, I don't know any of this. You could literally put the most valuable sneaker in front of me next to like a New Balance mm-hmm. <laughs> of like old up. And I I would genuinely be like, mm, that's probably, they're probably like 40, $47 difference
0: it, I've done so many of those meetups. I don't, I don't remember that, but I know that... Uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Rule number one is don't don't go alone because you hmm. never know, man. There's so many stories on social media. You see all people getting robbed and put at gunpoint and all those yeah. other different things. So yeah, you thanks, happen to thanks be there.
1: For, thanks for putting my life in danger for your come up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yo, huh? I've actually... I've, I've traveled across the country to sell shoes before. That is...
1: Yeah, (laughs) that is wild, man. That is so. That's like one of these things. There's that. There's you know, like you're you're into powerlifting, which I've never ever been close into powerlifting. You're into sports, watching sports. I used to be like as a kid, loved watching sports, and then when Mm -hmm. I stopped competing, you know, that's where I kind of lost interest, and then realized, you know, there's all these things that you're interested in that I'm I'm not, but we still bond over. You know, it's it's wild. I mean, I remember. What was it? UFC. I think it was the UFC with Brock Lesnar we watched together out in uh, in Japan. I think it was in Masao we watched that together.
0: I we did watch a UFC in Masao. I don't remember yeah. which one, but yeah, I it was when back. Brock Lesnar. was like, "I'm gonna go
1: home and drink Coors Light because Bud right. Light don't want to pay yeah. me
0: nothing." <laughs> I'm gonna sleep with
1: my. I'm wife. gonna go lay on my. Wife. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> we were Yo, losing that was, it."
0: That was the character that UFC needed, though. That was a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. All right. So
1: one thing that you want to leave for listeners that we haven't, haven't brought up, haven't covered, we can spend a couple of minutes on right now as we wind down, what is something that you're, you're feeling you really want to to share, to touch on that? You're like, you know, this has kind of been on my, on my mind lately. And this is a place I just want to dump it right here on the entertain podcast.
0: People need to take care of themselves. We're often, we're often, uh, judged by how we are helping others and what we're providing for others. So especially in the military, it's like, take care of your airmen, take care of your airmen, take care of your airmen. Who's taking care of me? And it's gotta be you because Anthony, you got a lot of support. Everyone loves you. Um, you just, you, I don't know that I know anyone with more charisma, but trust me, nobody loves Anthony Thomas. More than Anthony Thomas. So, like, people just just take care of yourself, whether it's financial, uh, you know, take care of your body, or it's exercise, you need therapy. Uh, you got to look in the mirror and take care of number one.
1: Mm-hmm. Damn, I love that. Take care of yourself. I've been big on that
0: lately, man. I've been really good big on that lately. Did you listen so to like a- when, What's that? I said you listen to episode 10? I have
1: not. I think I'm, I'm like,
0: two two behind. That's actually. good.
1: That's good. Listen to episode 10. It's like 15 minutes I think and it is right up the alley exactly what you're talking about right really? here. Really. 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Episode 10 it's called it's called Master Dating.
0: <laughs> Wordplay. I like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so take care of yourself. So this is actually something I'm I'm glad you brought it up because this is something that is very challenging for me and it's and it's new for me despite the fact that I do a lot of things for my own like prioritizing my Mm -hmm. own pursuits. There's a difference in prioritizing what my pursuit is and taking care of myself. There's a difference. And that's something that I've been learning the hard way as of lately. I've been the most busy with work and all these things that I've ever been in my whole life. I've been the Mm -hmm. most busy lately. And I realized there's a lot of things that I'm sacrificing of my own health, whether that's relational health, because I'm not spending enough t- as much time or enough time the amount of time that would satisfy me mm-hmm. with my loved ones. Right. Or it's that, you know, I'm, I'm just diving in, you know, losing sleep. Cause I'm, I'm working on this or working on that, working on this and the big picture, it's all working towards that. And it's all benefiting that. And that's terrific, but it's, it's something that has been a tough a tough challenge for me because a lot of the things that I do are to benefit other people and definitely benefit myself. I think there's no it's not an altruistic thing of what I'm doing. It's it's very much to please me because it right. pleases me to please other people. Right? Yeah. So, so there's a challenge here and, and the fact that you bring this up is that's literally the challenge that I'm going through very heavily right now is is to take care of myself because I'm not doing the greatest job of taking care of myself. And the reality is nobody is going to save me. You are going to save you. I'm the only one. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully I don't need to save me. Hopefully I don't get so deep into some shit that I need saving, but nobody, nobody's going to save me. And even if they do, maybe they save me for a couple of weeks, couple of months, but you're the only person that's with you for your whole life. Mm-hmm. That's it. Even if you have a twin, even if you have a twin that's the closest person to you, you are the only person that is guaranteed to be with you forever. Taking care of yourself is a big factor. How important was that during your MTI as a drill
0: sergeant, though? Taking care of me? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I did not take care of me at all. Mm-hmm. Um. Holy cow. Like, the way I'm surprised my heart didn't explode, man. Like, yeah, we, we had to be at work at 4 a.m. And I would wake up, drink two cups of coffee. And then I didn't never knew if I was going to have to do PT or not. Uh, if I was going to have to work out with the trainees. So I would pop uh, a scoop and a half of pre workout, Mm -hmm. then go to work and drink two more cups of coffee. And then, you know, like, and that was, that was every day for two years straight, man.
1: (laughs) That's wild.
0: Uh, but yeah. there's
1: there's chapters, so that that's what I think too is there there are phases, right? Our lives are like I know Jay Shetty had a good podcast about seasons and our living our lives in seasons where oh yeah, it's like a summer that's your summer or your spring season where everything you could dive in, you can go super hard. But there's also winter seasons that we have to take care of and just kind of cuddle up and chill and just mm-hmm. you know be more observant or whatever that case may be. So there's sometimes you can really step on the gas and then other times. So it pays to be mindful of that and pay attention and, and take accountability for wherever you might be right now in your seasons and take care of yourself that's a beautiful
0: thing yeah i haven't watched that podcast but it does feel like winter for me right now yeah you chilling yeah chill mode. Chilling. Getting ready. it's a busy chill but I'm, yeah. I'm chilling
1: that's dope that's good all right dog uh master sergeant richardson hi that's me Hi, dog give the family my love i love that we of course had you. man i love that we had you on here for an episode and I mean, this, who's to say that this needs to be a one-off? We can have many more. There's loads to talk about.
0: Yo, super honored, man. Anthony, one of my favorite people in the world. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes,
1: yes, yes. All right, that's it for now. Count your appreciations. Claim your appreciations for the day. Much love. Until next time. Peace.